Good evening and welcome to Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro, where PGA and LPGA players, legends, and top instructors go to share their insights and playing lessons. Join Chris every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as he talks with the greats of the game. Tonight's show is sponsored by the French Lick Resort, Ben Hogan Golf, the PGA Tour Superstore, the Salt Creek Golf Retreat, TaylorMade Golf, the Bobby Jones Apparel Company, and Super Speed Golf. Now here's your host... Chris Mascaro. Good evening, folks, and thank you for coming back and joining me tonight on Next on the T. I am your host, Chris Mascaro, and boy, do we have a great show lined up for you tonight. I've got two really great instructors making a return visit with me tonight that I'm really looking forward to sharing with you. First up is going to be Rhonda Ferguson, and Rhonda is a very rare breed of instructor. She is both PGA and LPGA Class A professional certified, so not many people get both of those designations, but Rhonda has, and uh, we're going to talk about, we're going to get some tips and some lessons from Rhonda, but I'm very distressed about something that Rhonda texted to me yesterday, and you're going to find out what that is and uh, a whole lot more when Rhonda joins me here in just a few minutes. Following her, I'm going to get a return visitor from Class A professional Jack Deal. Jack has taught at some fantastic golf courses all across the country, from North Carolina to Arizona to Colorado, now in Texas. So I really want to get Jack's thoughts on something. First of all, right, when you're in Texas and when you're in North Carolina near the coast, what do you get? You get a lot of wind, right? So we're going to get some thoughts from Jack about how to play in the wind. And then here we are, right? We're in uh, in early October, so a minute from now, it's going to be winter, right? Some of our friends up in the northeast and the northern part of the country are already starting to feel it. So how can we keep the rust off of our swings as we pack up the clubs for fall and winter? What can we do so that when it starts to get warm wherever we're at, right, that we're not so far behind? I want to talk about that with Jack. Plus, they've got a big event coming up at his new club, Magnolia Creek, down in League City, Texas. It's called Patriot Golf Day. And, and for our wonderful friends here on the Armed Forces Radio Network, want to talk about what that is. So we'll get the details about that as well. Jack will be along with me a little bit later on in this half hour. So like I say, a lot more great stories and playing lessons coming your way tonight on this edition of Next on the Tee. Thank you so much for tuning in and taking the journey with me over the next hour or so. But before we get started, I always like to remind you about our good friend Matthew Lawrence and his show Backspin Golf, which airs Sunday mornings from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. It's my regular Sunday, 8.03 a.m. Tea Time. It is broadcast on WLXG ESPN Radio AM 1300 up in Lexington, Kentucky. But you can stream it live by going online to WLXG.com or do what I did, which is download the WLXG app. Matthew's absolutely spectacular, does such a great job on that show, and it's a wonderful way to kickstart your Sunday mornings. His uh, equally fantastic twin brother, Mitchell, also has a great golf show that marries golf and travel. It is called Talking Golf Getaways, which you can find online at golfnewsnet.com or over on Audio Boom, or really any place you consume your podcast. He and his co-host, Darren Bunch, travel all over the world, and they let you know about great places to play, stay, and even eat while you're there. Again, it's called Talking Golf Getaways, and you can stream it online at golfnewsnet.com or over on Audio Boom. And, folks, as you know, we are sponsored by the French Lick Resort. Let's hear a word from our good friend Steve Rondonero about what they've got going on up there. Play legendary golf at French Lick Resort, the only place in the country where you can play courses by two Hall of Fame designers on the same property. 
Our Pete Dye and Donald Ross courses offer two very different challenges. Experience them both and save with our Hall of Fame package. Our two historic hotels are unique as well. Cap it off with a fun visit to the French Lick Casino. Check us out online at FrenchLick.com. Bring a group and save even more. Play legendary golf this season at French Lick Resort. Yeah, folks, be sure to go online to FrenchLick.com to see for yourself what a wonderful place it is and to book your stay as well. I also want to give a shout-out to our friends at the Ben Hogan Golf Equipment Company. Folks, if you haven't hit Ben Hogan Iron since the 80s or 90s, do yourself a favor. Get a demo iron of either their Fort Worth, PTX, or New Edge irons and go out on the range and compare it to whatever you have. All Ben Hogan irons and wedges are handcrafted one at a time in their Fort Worth, Texas factory. No mass production, no shortcuts. Now you can order custom-made irons, wedges, and hybrids by going online to BenHoganGolf.com, and they're going to build those clubs to your specifications, and best of all, charge you a fraction of the typical retail price. Again, check out their complete line of forged irons, wedges, utility irons, hybrids, bags, and accessories online at BenHoganGolf.com. We're also proud to be partnering with Russ Holden and the folks over at Caddy for a Cure. And one of the most unique opportunities in the world of professional golf is available to you through Caddy for a Cure. You're going to get to spend a day inside the ropes with one of the world's best players as their caddy. Fantastic way to have the time of your life while supporting our wounded service members and Fanconi anemia. You're going to get to walk side by side with your tour player experiencing professional golf as an insider. And in addition to the amazing experience you're going to have, you're going to get a fantastic gift package from Caddy for a Cure, which includes Under Armour logoed apparel and an eyewear package, a tour-grade tour Caddy bib suitable for autographs and framing, a 10-cup ball marking gift, chef's cut real jerky, and professional photographs from your day. Go online to Caddy for a Cure, that's C-A-D-D-Y-F-O-R-A-C-U-R-E, caddyforacure.com to learn more. All right, now back with me on the French Lake Resort guest line is Rhonda Ferguson. Let me remind you about Rhonda's background. She is from Tampa, Florida, played her college golf at the University of Florida, and while she was there, she earned her B.A. in English. She is a PGA and LPGA Class A teaching professional. She's been the Director of Sales, Marketing, and Membership at the Country Club of Orange Park down there in Orange Park, Florida. She's been a teaching professional at San Jose Country Club up in Jacksonville. She is currently a tournament director for the Northern Florida Girls Golf Association. She's also doing a great job with U.S. Kids and their local tour. Here are some of just some of the awards that Rhonda has won or been recognized for recently. She won the 2017 North Florida PGA Northern Chapter Player Development Award. She was a 2017 honorable mention for U.S. Kids Top 50 National Instructor. She received the 2016 North Florida PGA Northern Chapter and Northern Florida Section Youth Player Development Award. And she was a 2013 PGA Junior League Captain of the Year finalist. And I am honored that she is spending time with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Rhonda, thanks for coming back on the show. Hi, Chris. Glad to be here. Always good to talk to you. I appreciate you, Rhonda. So, Rhonda, and I mentioned this at the top of the show, a little distressed by our text interaction yesterday. Since we last spoke and you were the owner and general manager of Riverbend Golf Links there in Jacksonville, Florida, and, and you said... The government took the course due to eminent domain. I can't believe it. What happened? Well, it, it's really sad. Um, as you know, and as we discussed in the last time we spoke, my course, Riverbend Golf Links, um, was built in 1950, and it really was the only affordable public golf course in the immediate area. 
So when I took over, I knew that the government would be taking the property. They're building the First Coast Expressway, actually right behind number 1, 9, 10, and 18 in the course. But we thought that the government would be reasonable in that they're not going to actually build anything for probably five years or more. They gave us about a year and a half, and um, we were supposed to be out June 15th, and I tried, I called senators, we had... Um, we had people just, tons of people, hundreds of people call. We had, um, just an abundance of the whole community and outreach that, that just were outraged, as you said, very distressing that had played there for 40 years. So when it came time that we were supposed to close, my attorney said, you know what, just, just keep doing what you're doing until they put a fence up or start digging. Well, they got me, Chris. They, uh, actually demolished my pump house. <laughs> no water, no water. Wow. <laughs> So, unfortunately, we had to close August 24th. So, what's next? I mean, it's such an integral part of the community, and we talked about this a lot last time, where you've got so many people that have been there, like you mentioned a moment ago, they've been coming for many, many years. It's become an important part to, you know, from a social aspect, bringing people in of all ages. You've been doing a great job with, with kids and getting juniors involved. You've done a great job bringing more women into the game, all because of that golf course, because you had a unique marketing, right? You talked about how you didn't have to come in a polo shirt. You didn't to sort of come as you are, sort of golf course, and that was great for the community. So what's next? Well, you know, it was, it, everything kind of happens for a reason, and, you know, it's unfortunate we had to close, but the owner of Magnolia Point Golf and Country Club, which is near the course, probably about five miles away, he showed up on my doorstep and I, just right before we were going to close, and we talked about the situation and, you know, he's really worked with us on um, letting everybody that has played at my course come over at a reasonable rate. So I'm very grateful to them. Um, he and his wife, uh, Trevor Rothfeld, and his wife, Janine, um, have been just open arms to everyone, have let us all come out. We've moved all of our games over there, our weekly games, our PGA Junior League. And so that's really been helpful as far as, you know, it's a little different. It, it is a country club, so they do have to wear a collared shirt. But, <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> so it is a little different. But they, you know, they really embraced us. And that was my main concern was that so many stores and so many people were not going to have a place to do what they love most, and that's play golf. So, so we do have a new home for everyone. And that's, that was really important to me. So, Rhonda, like I mentioned uh, during your intro, and you just talked about it a moment ago with uh, the PGA Junior League, you do such great work with kids and junior players, bringing them into the game of golf. Update us on what you're doing with both the U.S. Kids Local Tour and uh, the PGA Junior League. Sure. Um, I started with U.S. Kids. I've been a certified instructor since 2013, and knowing that my golf course was closing, I knew that, you know, I had to move on to some different, different avenues. And, um, the tour director from National at US Kids reached out to me in March. They had lost their local tour director. So it was kind of perfect timing because I was in the middle of, okay, what, what's next? Like you said, what, what are you going to do next? And they said, would you be interesting, interested in finishing out this tour? And I said, absolutely. I mean, I think I, I'm a firm believer in U.S. Kids. They encourage family interaction. Um, Dan Van Horn started it in 1996. And it's just a great organization. Um, they encourage positive 
Coaching Alliance, and just the, the more positive aspect of golf and family interaction. So I said, you know what, I'll do that. And after I ran a couple events, I said, don't look any further. I would love to just continue on as the local tour director. And I got more involved, and I was at their world championships helping out in July, where there's 2,000 children from 50 countries that participate. So it's a two-week wow. venue, and we actually take over the whole Pinehurst Resort. It's an economic impact of about $18 million just from that one event. Wow. Yeah, it's it's amazing. So it it was spectacular. Um, the last day they have the Van Horn Cup where they take the top players in the 12-year-old division and they take the top 10 boys and six girls and it's the U.S. versus the world. So it's kind of a Ryder Cup format and it, it's just a really, really neat thing for families. And so that's, that's what I'm doing with U.S. kids. And right now we're in the middle of our fall tour. So we play in eight different events and the kids accumulate points to receive status. So once they receive um, different levels of status, they're eligible to play. An example of the regional event, which I was at this weekend at Port St. Lucie at the PGA Village, and that was 255 juniors from 25 states and 19 countries. It's amazing. Yeah. The winning score for the six-year-old division for this weekend, take a guess. They played nine holes each day. For six-year-olds? Knowing, six knowing what I shot <laughs> when I was 12 years old, I would certainly hope that the six-year-olds aren't breaking 50. <laughs> well, you'd be amazed. So the first day, the the winning score, he shot 36. And then the second oh day, he shot he shot 30 the second day. Oh, my. Six-year-old. Yes, Seriously. It, it's incredible. It, it's amazing to watch. You know, these, these kids are – it's like watching a, a miniature version of a PGA or LPGA tour player. They're so – their demeanor's great. They have a great attitude. They're positive. They take it seriously. It, it's really cool. It's it's just a neat neat thing. Rhonda, to that to that end, right? I mean, we we see kids today. At least you know. I mean, I have three that are are much older than that. But you know, when I think about you know what's important to them and how they spend their times, and you know, everyone's got their nose on a cell phone. They're on social media. They're doing all those sorts of things. How do you get six year olds, nine, ten, twelve year olds? How do you get them interested in the game? As you mentioned, they're serious about it. They've got good demeanors and all. How do you get that sort of energy into players of that age and, and loving the game of golf? Well, I think when we talked before, my the thing that I don't teach technical, especially you're working with kids, you, you want to create an atmosphere that's fun. Um, they already have so much stress put on them. And like you said, they're playing video games or they're doing other things, bring them out recreationally. So we take a video game and we put it out on the golf course. So we, we do all kinds of fun, different games and little competitions and even things that they can compete against themselves. I had, um, I had one young lady that I was working with. She's, I, I don't play video games, but apparently she was hooked on video games and her mom forced her to come take golf lessons. So it was really difficult at first because she had no interest, just wanted to get back home, didn't like to leave the house. And once we brought a couple of her friends over that had played and we started playing games and kind of got her out there where she realized that, hey, you know, this is kind of cool and this is fun. She opened up and, and she liked coming to golf every week. So it, I think you just have to make create an atmosphere of relaxing, fun, have be around your friends, and that's the most important thing. 
um, you know, with, when they get to a tournament level, it's a little bit different. But just to get them involved and opened up and introduced to the game, it's got to be a really fun and creative atmosphere so that they can enjoy it. So you, you talked about demeanor, right? And when I think about people of all ages, kids all the way up to people my age, when, when we're out there playing and things start to go wrong, right? We have a bad swing. We have a bad hole. See this, you know, my son who's a junior player, typically mentally they start to go south a little bit, right? It takes a little while to, to, for the mental adjustment to come back through and to find a refocus and, and go on. How do you keep the kids' demeanor being good when they're out there playing and things start to go bad? They hit a bad shot or they have a couple of bad holes in a row. Well, I just, I remind them that it happens to all of us, you know, whether it's a guy on tour that makes a 15 in the Masters or myself, I've explained to them how I've made a 15 in an event and it's going to happen and, you know, it's just a learning experience and, and my philosophy is just hit one shot at a time, don't think about the past, don't think about the future, add up your score at the, at, at the end of the day and it is what it is. And I really try to get the kids focused on the present, you know, and that's with any, not just with kids, any of my players. I'm like, you know what, just stay in the moment. You only have to focus for a couple seconds. Things are going to happen, but try not to make things worse. So if you just, if you have a bad hole, don't get frustrated, don't get mad. Just be realistic. It's going to happen and just focus on the next shot that you have to hit. And sometimes with the younger kids that are trying to get to the tournament level, they can get really frustrated, and that's where you really have to reiterate the point that, look, it's going to happen. And then the more they play in tournaments or more they play in events, then they realize that, you know what, you're right. Why am I getting mad? And, and I always say, look at the guys on TV. Look at the girls on TV. Do you see them throwing clubs or slamming clubs? And they look at me and say, yeah, I don't see that. I'm like, okay, there's your lesson. And, Rhonda, I think – Probably some of the worst parts of kids playing sports, whether it's Little League Baseball or, or Junior Golf or any of those sorts of things, are the parents. Right? Our expectations, our disappointments. I've talked to other people on the show that have children playing the game and in Junior Golf and that sort of thing. And they talk about the hardest thing, you know, whether they were playing on tour and how frustrated they got with themselves. It's even worse when you're trying to not have the anxiety when your children are playing because you want them to play well and you want them to do well. But uh, if they start to go south, it's really difficult on the parents. How, how do you keep the parents and their expectations and their frustrations over what they're seeing their children? How do you keep them in check? You know, sometimes it's hard, Chris. <laughs> it, it can be, <laughs> no doubt. you know, <laughs> but you have to be honest and realistic with, you know, each child is different. We're all different, and they're all different skill levels, and you have to let them know that, you know, when they have certain expectations that, you know what, hey, that goal is not going to be reachable right now, but let's shoot for this goal. Let's just little little steps at a time, and and that's important. And, and the main thing is what I tell parents, especially they caddy for their children in the U.S. Kids events, is, you know what, they see what you're doing, and if you get mad, they're going to get mad. So the best mm. thing you can do is stay positive at all times. You know, talk to them after. Maybe you talk about the good, the bad, the ugly. But during the event, no matter what happens, just stay focused, stay calm. You know, just try to be upbeat because they're going to see that and they're going to take that out on themselves. They're thinking, I'm not, I'm not doing a good job. My mom and dad are going to get mad at me. And 
instead of, okay, maybe I made a mistake, but it's okay. And I think that is so important for the parents to just stay positive no matter what. And then, you know, talk about the things after the event. Rhonda, I want to get a few tips for, for the rest of us on, on how we can do things differently or better so that we can improve our scores. And I was uh, taking a look around on your website, RhondaFerguson.com, and uh, you have so many wonderful tips on there. And the first thing that I think that a lot of us fail to do is to be prepared for a round is, is stretching. I mean, so many of us, you know, we, we get to the course a few minutes before our tea time. Maybe we get lucky and we're able to run out and hit a few drives and drop a couple of balls and hit some putts, and then it's we're on to the first tee and off we go. And uh, many times it takes us two, three, four holes before we start playing well because we weren't stretched out and that sort of thing. Give us a, a few stretches and some pointers for how we can better prepare ourselves for our round of golf. Sure. I mean, it's it's funny you say that because I, I had a conversation with one of my students today, as a matter of fact, and she had mentioned that same point. She said, I usually run right out and I don't stretch. I don't warm up. And, you know, I just, I felt like today it really caught up to me. I didn't do that. And I played terrible. And I said, well, you've answered your question. Um, a couple of things that I think, especially when it starts to get colder, it's really, really important. People don't realize how much of your body that you use in a golf swing. It's, um, you're using pretty much everything. So you need to warm your body up, and especially I think the hands, most people don't think about that, but get the blood flowing to the hands because you don't want to grip the club too tight. You want to have make sure the blood vessels or everything's flowing throughout your body. So even like squeezing the hands um, and just start kind of by warming up on the putting green, just stroking the ball a couple times and just so you get the feel in the hand. Um, make sure you get there early at least 30 minutes before you play, that gives you time to stretch and warm up and kind of relax too. I mean, everybody, we've all got things going on in the world, but when we get to the golf course, I call it my happy place. So I want to forget everything that's going on. And if you just rush from the car right to the tee, you kind of, you don't get that chance to just unwind a little bit and relax and then get ready for your round. So that's important. Um, stretch your wrist, your lower back, um, that's important. You can just take your club and you can, you know, just kind of do some side twists. Nothing real, like, too much right away. You want to stretch your shoulders and your neck because up top is important. Um, loosen up your torso. I always start, actually, with just after putting, I'll start on the range with just hitting a few chips. Again, just, just kind of warming up. So nothing full swing, and then you move progressively from a pitching wedge finally to the driver, and that way you're just um, kind of getting your body warmed up. A lot of people just, they use the golf cart. They'll, you know, I, I it's kind of interesting. Um, one of the former World Long Drive champions, I know you probably are familiar with Jerry James, he plays in a lot yeah. of our events. And he's a very tall individual, and I cannot tell you how many times I've seen him with his one leg stretched on top of a golf cart, stretching. Oh, my. Yes, oh, my. <laughs> but it's really important, and people kind of just take it for granted that, you know, golf isn't really a sport, it's not athletic, but it really is. So it's important that you stretch all your muscles, whether it's your arms, you know, your, your hands, your legs, your neck. 
Um, it's every body part is being used in the golf swing, and that's why some people take it for granted. They don't realize how many calories you burn. I think it's somewhere around like 1,500 calories for an 18-hole round, even if you're riding in a cart. It's just really important. Rhonda, just a couple more before we let you go. And um, I also want to talk about the importance of a pre-shot routine. Talk about what that does for us. And if we don't have one already created for ourselves, how we go about developing one. Sure. Um, I am a firm believer in the pre-shot because, you know, the most important part of the game is played between our two ears. I think Bobby Jones had said that. And Right. What happens is if you don't have a pre-shot routine, we get caught up. We're in the moment, but we get caught up into overthinking things. We'll we'll stand at a shot and we'll go, okay, there's water over there, there's a hazard, there's a bunker, there's a tree, there's this, there's that. So when you have a pre-shot routine, it kind of takes all of the thought process out. So once we've made the decision between all the factors, whether it's the winds, um, the distance, and we decide what club we're going to choose, then there's no more thinking because now our pre-shot routine is taken over. We're just automatic. So when you develop your pre-shot routine, it's it's really important that you use the things that you need to work on. So, for example, um, my shoulders, I my shoulders when I'm just standing here or sitting in my computer, they're closed. So that means I'm right-handed. My left shoulder is is aiming towards the right. So that affects my golf swing. When my pre-shot, when I set up at a dress, I have to put my right foot forward to square up my shoulders. So that's something that I have to do, and each of us have has something. Another thing for me is I have very small hands. So I play with men's clubs, and it's a larger grip. So I have to take a practice swing behind the ball with with my grip to make sure that I'm comfortable that I have a solid grip. And that's because I have smaller hands. So there are things that you need to do that when you you work on your pre-shot routine, it, it's very it's very intimate. It's very much what you need to work on and what what's wrong with your swing and how we can correct it before we hit a shot. So I think that's what people really have to look at. It's like some people automatically line up to the right. So if that's the case, when you get set, just kind of shift to the left a little bit because you know every shot you line up right. So turn to the left after you're set. And I think that's where the pre-shot routine is so important because it takes out some of our problems, but also takes out the thought process because once we decide what club we're going to hit, we're very positive in that club, and all we're going to do now is automatically execute the shot with our pre-shot routine. Rhonda, one more before we let you go. And and I read the article that your friend and my next guest, Jack Deal, posted from PGA Magazine about you and tips that you like to give when you travel with a group of people to go play golf. And one of the things the article says that you like to teach people before going to places like Ireland or Jamaica is the low runner. So how do we hit that shot? How do we hit a, hit a shot that we're going to be able to hit a nice low running shot if we're dealing with wind particularly? You know, that's, the key is we want to keep the ball low. So, um, what distance are you are you referring to? Give me a distance. So if we're yeah, so if we're somewhere you know inside a hundred yards, how do we hit that low running shot? Okay. Sure. Um, you know the main thing is you want to grip down on the club because you want to have more control, and you want to have your weight more on your left side, and you want to keep your hands moving forward through the shot. That's going to help keep the club low, and and you can actually even kind of deal off the club by, by pushing your hands forward and closing the club face slightly. 
But the main thing is just you want to have, you want to keep keep your weight 80% on the left side, 20% on the right. Keep your hands moving forward and close the club face slightly. That really will help you in the wind. Rhonda, before we let you go, remind our listeners, how can they stay up to date with all the great things that you're doing, whether they're following you online or they're doing it on social media? My RhondaFerguson.com, it's... Um, it has pretty much everything that's going on with the U.S. kids and the girls' golf, PGA Junior League. Um, just everything is encompassed in the one site. And uh, Fergie Golf on Twitter. And then our Facebook, just Rhonda Ferguson. So we've got a lot of stuff going on. So I'd love to have um, answer any questions. Anybody can email me at any time. It's just Rhonda at RhondaFerguson.com, and I'll be happy to answer any questions. Well, Rhonda, it's always such a treat to get to spend some time with you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your night to come back and and be a part of the show. I hope you'll come back and share more of your stories and insights with us soon because it's always so much fun uh, doing a segment with you and, and like I say, getting to spend uh, part of uh, the show talking to you and hearing your stories. Well, thank you, Chris. I always enjoy being on your show. You're amazing, and I appreciate everything and hope to talk again soon. Take care, Rhonda. All the best to you and your family. Like I say, I look forward to catching up with you again real soon. Take care. Thanks. You too, Chris. See you, Rhonda. That was great. Rhonda Ferguson. And again, her site, RhondaFerguson.com, at FergieGolf on Twitter. A lot of great stuff. We just, you know, scratched the surface on some of the uh, great tips that she has on her website. So I encourage you to go out there, take a look, you know, give them a read. Uh, It's a lot of really good uh, and interesting things that are going to help you shave a couple of strokes here and there. And that's what we're all looking for. All right, before I get to my next guest, Jack Deal, I want to give a shout-out to a couple of our sponsors. First, you know, I have to tell you how excited I have been about the weapon I've got there now in my golf bag. And for the last few months, I've been playing the new M4 driver from TaylorMade Golf. And if you haven't tried their new twist face technology, you're missing out. I don't know about you, but I don't hit it in the center of the face every single time. And after studying hundreds of thousands of swings from pros and amateurs like us, TaylorMade designed their new drivers to help protect us from our mishits and give a straighter distance. So whether your miss hit is on the low heel or the high toe, Twist Face is going to bring that ball back to center, keeping the distance you want and finding the fairway more often. I'm hitting more fairways than I ever have, and the new drivers are also the choices of pretty good golfers you might recognize. Twist Face is played by Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, Jason Day, John Rahm, and Justin Rose, to name just a few, and dominating the top 10 out on tour. So if you haven't tried Twist Face, Go hit it and get fit. It's in the new M3 and M4 drivers and only from TaylorMade. I also want to give a shout-out to our friends at Superspeed Golf. Now used by over half of the tour players around the world, Superspeed Golf is the fastest, most effective way to increase your swing speed. Three eight-minute training sessions per week is all you need to see a 5% increase in your swing speed. With sets for golfers of all ages and over one year of included video instruction as well, Superspeed offers a complete solution to help you start booming and off the tee. Visit them online at superspeedgolf.com to pick up your set today. And this segment of the show is sponsored by our friends over at the PGA Tour Superstore. This segment of the show is brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore. See why golfers everywhere are proud to call PGA Tour Superstore their golf pro shop. Visit them online at PGATourSuperstore.com. Now back to Chris and more of the show. All right, now back with me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is Jack Deal. Let me remind you about Jack's background. He is from King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. Started caddying at the age of 11. 
earned his Bachelor of Arts degree at the University of Scranton, where he helped their basketball team to Division III National Championship back in the mid-70s. He also was a member of their golf team and a founder of their ski club. After college, Jack moved to Chicago, where he started playing in amateur tournaments, and he's also played out on the Space Coast, the Tommy Armour, and the PGA Tours. And after turning 50, he played on the Moonlight Tour. Jack has been a Class A uh, teaching professional at courses like Myrtle Beach National, the Landfall Club up in Wilmington, North Carolina, Rhodes Ranch Country Club out in Las Vegas, Legend Trail Golf Club in Scottsdale, Arizona, Rio Grande Club and Resort out in South Fork, Colorado, and he's now the head uh, golf professional at Magnolia Creek Golf Club in League City, Texas, and I'm glad he is back with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Jack, thanks for coming back on the show. My pleasure, Chris. Very happy to be here. Great to give you an update on what's going on with me, and always good to talk to you. I appreciate you, Jack. So before we get into all the golf stuff, Jack, I, I got to get your thoughts. I know you're an Eagles fan. Two and three to start the season, which I'm sure wasn't the uh, record you were expecting after winning a Super Bowl. So tell me, what's happening up there with the Eagles? Well, I'll be darned. I, you know, I'm down in I'm here in Houston now, and I don't get to keep up with everything that's going on over there. But you know, it's not time to panic. They've won a couple games. It's, it's still a long season. We've got some injuries. We had some last year. We found a way to overcome. And, you know, the most important thing is to get into the playoffs one way or another and then uh, play your best football in the month of January and February. There you go. Absolutely. My Steelers are 2-2-1, are two, two and one, and we're not pressing the panic button yet either. I would have had they lost to the Falcons this past weekend, but a big win for us too. So uh, I'm with you. It's too early to uh, to start, uh, you know, getting nervous. Got a long way to go. So good for you. Jack, I want to talk a little golf, obviously, and, and, and first I want to get some thoughts on what, what we're seeing going on around the tour. I want to get your thoughts on the Ryder Cup. Give me, give me what you saw, what you think uh, we need to do differently or better. What needs to change for 2020? I'm really glad I had to work that weekend, <laughs> to be honest with you. It wasn't very pretty, and I would, would have only gotten more and more frustrated as things went on. Uh, and then the aftermath of the chit-chat going back and forth was just, I think that's just the, the product of what happened over the weekend, and, and we're just not that good at, 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 at that particular format when it gets into their neighborhood. I mean, that hometown feel, that home field advantage is pretty good for them, I think. And we need to find a way to play our best golf and uh, get along a little bit better and, and perform. I, we just didn't perform. I saw a lot, everyone was saying that the putts weren't dropping, but every time I looked at the, at the television, which really wasn't that often, I saw the ball going in. So I guess people just weren't upset with what weren't, they were a little upset with where somebody left me on the golf course to hit the next shot. And maybe they let that affect them. Whereas if they would have gotten it there themselves, they would have said, okay, let's buckle up and find a way to get this thing in the hole. And, we just didn't do that. No, they had to feel the atmosphere was against them. I think was the biggest thing, and you know that's uh, that, that's something that uh, we have to overcome. So if if they came to you and, and made you Captain Jack or or you know co-captain Jack, and it was up to you to kind of you know put some things together and maybe make some changes, what would you change? What would you do differently, or what would you say to the guys in order to uh, to get them to perform better? Well, you know, I I really am not prepared to answer that question. Let me see if I could give a shot at it. Uh, I've read something about Hogan's 
rah-rah story before, before he, when he was a captain and, and that was very successful and I kind of liked what he said. And I think the other thing is, is the guys that don't hit fairways have to play with guys that do hit fairways. I think that we need more of that. I, I, you know, and I think maybe the guys, let's face it, the top 20 guys all have a shot at getting on this team. They need to spend some time with somebody and go out and play some of these alternate shot type of things and learn to like it and have fun with it. Maybe their, their practice rounds need to be more inclined to getting themselves ready for two years from now. Jack, uh, switch gears a little bit. Um, you're in a new home, got a new golf course that, uh, that you're teaching at now, Magnolia Creek, which looks absolutely fantastic online. And it, it appears to be a link style golf course, like something we'd see over in Scotland or in Ireland. Talk about your new home. Oh my God, I love it. 27 holes. Each one is named after a country, England, Scotland, and Ireland. And they're all link style golf courses. Uh, it's just an amazing golf course. Uh, I don't know who the devel- who uh, the, the builder was and the architect. I probably should, but I'm just amazed at the condition that our superintendent has us in every every week. I mean, he's just done such a great job. Chris is uh, from the Carolinas. Is uh, Chris Chris McCore is his name, and he just does a great job with a m- limited staff. Uh, a, a very lean budget, and he just works hard. And we've got greens that are that are rolling at 10 plus, and we haven't had more than four days of sunshine in the last two months together. I mean, we've been shocked wow. by a lot of rain, a lot of lightning, a lot of thunder. We missed three days in the last month. That's 28 that we didn't get to play any golf at all. And yes, I guess the thing that really has me feeling the best and the worst at the same time. Uh, we've got a great membership that's super active, that loves the game of golf. They're passionate about getting into out there and playing and having fun. And the part I don't like is that we just weren't able to give them better weather for the next, for, for, for the whole last two months that I've been there. But, uh, it's turning around. The weather's getting better and they're out playing and they, I love it. And we've got a couple of events that we postponed, including the, the, uh, club championship that's going to be played in, November instead of September, and we've got a member guest coming up that uh, is just going to be spectacular. We're sold out, and we're starting a, a, a waiting list. So I'm really excited about my my new digs. I'm I'm loving it. They're the the people are wonderful. Is incredible. They've they've been uh, very kind to me as I'm learning their system with Club Corp and and trying to find what I can and can't do and. That's the other thing. My general manager, Jenny Judd, that's just been fantastic. She has given me enough rope for me to hang myself at least five times. And <laughs> she's been supportive in everything that I've come up with. And we're making some, some little changes to improve customer service. And we're going to do a little bit better job in the clubhouse within our golf shop where we weren't really doing so well because we had, we had lost, uh, I guess about one third of our our golf shop to the restaurant changes. So now we're kind of moving things around. We're trying to get merchandise people want. So I see nothing but a lot of positive things happening at Magnolia Creek. The other thing is we, we share 1,400 members with our sister course, South Shore, South Shore Harbor Country Club. And I spent the day over there, a couple hours over there today, going through fixtures and finding things that I could use in my shop. And everyone is just so, whatever you need, Jack, how can we help? That, that's exciting to me. I really like that because I take that 
to heart because that's the way I like to treat people as well. So it's, it's a win-win situation. I'm really, really excited. And, Jack, as you know, our show goes out over the Armed Forces Radio Network, and you guys have a big event coming up down there, Patriot Golf Day. Talk about that great event. Well, I'm going to talk about that because it, it, it just talks about club court and what they're all about. But I've got to tell you another club court story that happened at our course. We had a, a lady that was just the sweetest person you'd ever want to meet. Chris, if you showed up five days in a row, you'd see five big smiles, and she'd ask you how you're doing, and she'd sincerely be waiting for you to say that you're having a good day. And if you weren't, she'd talk to you about how she could make it better. Well, the lady passed on us, and she wasn't a wealthy lady, and the family was a little bit, you know, under the gun as far as being able to handle all of her expenses. And everyone knows that Club Corp is all about the numbers, the numbers, the numbers. Guess what? They paid for her funeral. That's the numbers that they don't talk about. Yeah. So I'm just, I, I, my, the hair is standing up on my arm, forearm as I say it, because I just think that is like incredible. And what the, what Club Corp is now doing is they're donating the use of all their golf courses in Texas on October 28th to help Folds of Honor and George W. Bush Institute. We're having, uh, Pro-Am, oh, no, Pro-Am, excuse me. We're having a shotgun start and a Patriot's Day celebration that's going to start with uh, a luncheon at Magnolia Creek. We're going to have uh, a donation from the Pappas restaurants here in Florida, in, uh, in Houston, that are going to support, give us some lunch, and get us off to a good start. And then we're going to play 18 holes of golf in a scramble. And we're just going to have a great time. We're going to raise money for Folds of Honor and the George W. Bush Institute. And I know you know the Folds of Honor and the work that they've done. Yes. It's a fantastic organization, and good for you guys for partnering with them, and, and uh, I'm sure you're going to do great work uh, raising some money and, and doing uh, some wonderful things for, for our veterans and, and that sort of thing. So kudos to you guys, Jack. Thank you for doing that. Thank you. Jack, I, I got to get a couple of playing lessons from you before we let you go. And as I was looking at Magnolia Creek, Galveston Bay is just down the road. So I imagine the winds can get uh, brutal at times coming off the bay down there. So what are some things that we can do? If, we, if we're faced with a day where we've got a lot of windy conditions, how can we hit better shots, whether it's into the wind or we have crosswind? You listeners have to wonder if you ever sleep with the amount of preparation you do for these calls. <laughs> yes, we do. We get some wind. It's Texas. And even though it's southern Texas, we still get wind and it comes off of the Gulf. And we do have to deal with that. And the other thing is, is it's not always from the same direction. I've noticed just in two months that we've had it coming in every, every direction you can imagine. And you've got to be, number one, you've got to be ready to, to figure out where the wind's coming from. And I think the most important thing is what you've got to look at is, is what you do with every shot. Uh, you've got to look at the lie. You've got to look at your yardage. You've got to know what club you need from that area. As Mr. Hogan said, if it's not downwind, then you've got to be hitting extra club. So if it's going left to right or right to left, you don't want to ride it. Maybe you want to use it and hold it. You've got to make a decision on what you want to do. And then the other thing is is that uh, you've got to make a commitment. I think that's the most important thing. I listened to what you were still talking to, to Rhonda about, which is a, a pre-shot routine. And part of that pre-shot routine is this is what I'm going to do. I feel the shot. I'm going to make this happen. And then you go do it. And a lot of times what I do, I, I do the same thing that Rhonda was mentioning. I get my weight on the left side. I'll take an abbreviated swing. 
If I've got the 175 yards, I've got that longer club in my hand that's going to hit it 200 yards, and I'm just going to knock it down into the wind and let the wind eat it. Let it be your friend. Let it do the work for you. You just get it going and let it go in. And if it needs running, we've got some muta grass here. So if you're into the drain, you're not going to get it to run very well unless it's really low. And so you've got to carry it up onto the green, perhaps. But uh, that's what that's what I do. I, I try to see where where the wind can help me, and I'll ride it, and see where the wind can help me, and I'll hit the ball into the wind so that it stays still and doesn't get blown all over the place. Maybe play a cut shot into a right to left wind, and let that let that hold the line for you. The most important thing is get yourself on the putting surface. Is if the conditions are that challenging, everyone's going through the same thing you are. And I think that is you need to expect something good to happen and let it happen. And Jack, you mentioned getting on the putting surface. If we if we're fortunate enough to get our ball on on the putting surface, hopefully within in regulation, but it's still we're still dealing with those windy conditions. Do you do anything different? With your putting stance or ball alignment, if you're trying to putt in windy conditions? Well, I think you want to brace yourself, but the thing is, you don't want to be bracing yourself into the wind either way, whether it's coming from alongside or, but you want to be solid, uh, because there's nothing worse than bracing yourself into the wind and then the wind stops just as you go to hit the ball and you fall over. So what you want to do is you want to make sure that your stance is wide enough that, that a change in the wind is not going to to, to affect your ability to hit the golf ball to, with as much force that you want on it. I think that uh, that's the most important thing. I mean, just like you might, if you're if you're Tiger Woods, you might be expecting that click of a of a phone while you're well, uh, of a phone or a, a camera while you're swinging. We've got to do the same thing. We're playing in the wind. Expect it to change. So be nice and sturdy and and strong and 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 over the ball and. Realize that anything can change, but it's not going to influence you. You know that. You're not going to let it happen. You're just going to have to make your swing, and you make it happen. And, you know, figure out where you're going to hit it and roll it to, and, and then let it drift away back into the hole and let it go in. Don't, don't keep it from going in the hole. Let it go in. And, Jack, like I mentioned in your introduction, you have uh, been a, a wonderful teacher at several places, you know, all over the country, from North Carolina out to Colorado and Hey, we're we're in in some of those areas, particularly in Colorado. We're about five minutes before you know fall and winter really start to take hold. So I wanted to get some tips for you as 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 we have to start packing up our golf clubs, you know, for the cold weather. What are some things that we can do over the winter time so that we don't end up when it finally does start to get warm wherever we're at? We don't have so much rust on our golf swings that it's going to take us months to shake it off. How can we how can we keep our golf swings intact over the winter? Be aware that there's there's always a place indoors you can hit balls. Seek it out and find it. Um, if it if it means finding an instructor that's teaching inside, perhaps your ask your instructor where you can go to hit balls. When we were at the University of Scranton back in the Stone Ages, when well, it was after the kind of purchase, but somewhere between there and the faultless golf ball or <laughs> or plastic golf balls, whatever it was, we still had a a a, a canvas that we used to hit the balls into. It wasn't a net. It was a full hanging off the wall. And you know as well as I that Eddie Karpovich was in there hitting balls and keeping his golf thing where it needed to be. Now, he, Eddie Karpovich, uh, I'll remind you, was, was uh, our, our our number one player and, and de- highly decorated and is still the golf coach at the University of Spain. It's got to be over 30, 40 years that he's been doing that. And uh, Eddie was... Uh, 
uh, an incredible player, and, and he used to hit a lot of golf balls into that net. I mean, you've got to keep yourself fluid. Don't be afraid to go and start making some putts in your, in your, inside, inside the house. And make sure you're not just putting the ball just to putt it. Make sure you're being conscientious and you're taking a good stance and you're keeping yourself still and you're making a good putt. Don't worry about whether it's going in. Make sure you're making a good putt and you're accelerating through the ball. That's the most important thing. You get on some of these hardwood floors and you start decelerating. That's not good. Take it back shorter. Finish through and hold your finish. Let it roll straight towards your target. Jack, one more before we let you go. And and I know you started out, you know, as a caddy when when you were, you know, ten, eleven years old. Talk about how important that caddy experience was to help develop your love for the game of golf. Well, I, I was blessed. I, I I learned it totally by accident. I ended up going to a a private club that was a Donald Ross course. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed that also that, that Bobby Doherty across the street made $4 caddying that day and he came back and told me about it. And eventually I was able to caddy there too and ended up working in the shop. You know, what I learned was yes, ma'am and no, sir. And I learned to be respectful. Now I had learned that at home, but this was the first time that I actually had the chance to put it in the youth without mom and dad being there to hear me. And it helped me out not only then, but it gave me the opportunity that when I ended up working for a Fortune 500 company in, in marketing and sales, that I learned to respect the people that I was dealing with, and they in turn gave the respect back to me, and we were able to do business. Uh, the confidence that I gained from being able to be around members that were very successful people, and those maybe they weren't so successful. It really didn't make any difference to me back then. But to be about back to the members that I respected and that they looked at me that I was going to be their caddy, that they were happy about having that happen, that made me feel good. And when someone asked me and requested me to be their caddy at 13 years old and 15 years old, wow, <laughs> that just made that just blew me away. That somebody, I mean, I you know I hadn't been outside in the world. And this was an opportunity. Mom and dad were not around. They didn't have known me from anybody, and so here. I made this all myself, and that really helped me out as far as the rest of my life. And I, I, I've also got to tell you that I have two students in my golf shop right now. One is a high school student that's playing on his golf team, and the other is a college student that's not playing on her college team, but she loves the game of golf. And she's learning the same thing I did, that to be comfortable behind the counter, to ask people how their day is, try to remember their names, use their names, and then obviously take care of them and then use their name and say, hey, Mr. Mascaro, please have a great day today. That's fantastic stuff. I, I love that story. Thank you for sharing that, Jack. Before we let you go, let our listeners know, how can they find you online and on social media and stay up to date with all the great things that you're going to be doing down there in Houston? Well, you can always Google Magnolia Creek Golf Club where you can go to www.magnoliacreekgc.com and you'll find our golf course. You'll see our sister course there, South Shore Harbor as well. Uh, I can also be reached at jack.diehl at Club Corp. And uh, love to hear from anybody that has any questions at all. And uh, if you're 
in Houston on October 28th. Come on out and have a great time for a great cause. Well, Jack, thank you so much for taking time out of your night to come back and be a part of the show. I always love the enthusiasm that you bring to the segment. Uh, I hope you'll come back and do it again soon because you're fantastic, my friend. Oh, Chris, my pleasure. I mean, you're the king of feel-good. The last time I was on, you said something about my, my recent playing record that I had so many top tens. And some one of my friends that was listening, he says, hey, I had no idea you had more top tens than Tiger Woods that year. <laughs> of, course, of course, Tiger didn't play. But hey, let's not, let's not get too carried away. Chris, my pleasure. Always, my friend. I appreciate you, Jack. Take care. All the best to you and your, and your family. We'll catch up soon. Thank you, sir. See you, Jack. That's the great Jack Dio. And again, his last name is spelled D-I-E-H-L. So Jack is absolutely a fantastic instructor. And like I say, he's he's uh, done some great work from uh, from the East Coast all the way out to Colorado and now down in the Houston area. And, and uh, I'm sure he's going to do uh, some great stuff down for the Magnolia Creek Golf Club. Uh, like I say, it's in League City, Texas, right outside of Houston. So we can't thank Jack enough. And hopefully we get the privilege of having Jack back on the show again soon. And like I say, the, the enthusiasm in his voice is the thing that I dig about Jack so much. And, and uh, you know, it certainly makes the, every segment he's a part of ten times better because of that. So we look forward to catching up with Jack again real soon. All right, folks, it is time for us to put a bow on this episode of Next on the T. I want to send out my sincere thanks to Rhonda Ferguson again and to Jack Dio for joining me tonight. Please give me your thoughts. Check out our page on Facebook, Next on the T with Chris Mascaro. Share your feedback right there. Plus, like Jack said, if you've got a question for one of our you know current guests, one of our future guests, or someone who's been on the show previously, please let me know. I'll be glad to get that uh, question answered for you. You can see who some of our future guests are going to be by going to our website, nextonthetea.net. Please also check out our sister show on the football side, Thursday Night Tailgate, with me and my co-host Bob Lazari and our announcer, Joe Lajanusa. That show airs live every Thursday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. You can stream it live right here on Blog Talk Radio or that show like this one, also available as a free podcast over on Podbean and on iHeartRadio as well. On Thursday Night Tailgate, we're joined every week by five NFL legends who come on and share their stories and their insights with us, plus let us know their thoughts about what's going on around the league today. Plus, we also highlight two players doing great things in their communities in our Spotlight on the Positive segment. You can find that show online at ThursdayNightTailgate.com. And again, this one, next on the T.net. From both sites, we link back to our, our page over on Podbean so you can stream or download any of our archive episodes for free. Folks, thank you so much for choosing to listen to this show tonight. We really appreciate the fact that you are making Next on the T one of your podcasts and some of your golf content as well. Until next week, hit her straight, my friends. You've been listening to Next on the T with Chris Mascaro, where PGA and LPGA pros and top instructors and media members go to tell their stories. Join us the same time every Tuesday to hear more stories about the game we love from people who love sharing those stories with you. It's all about the great game of golf. It's all about